Good evening, everyone. This is Tala with Drive Through Therapy. Thank you guys so much for joining me tonight on another episode. And as always, I'm grateful for your support. Thank you, thank you, thank you for all those people that send me emails. I appreciate them. I send them right back to you when I get them. Um, and I appreciate that you're just letting me know about your journey and sharing that with me. I really appreciate that. And if you have any recommendations, usually uh, I try to squeeze them in uh, in an episode. And this is what inspired this episode, which is going to be about relationships, but specifically dealing with uh, a request that one of our listeners had requested an episode on, which is talking about a problem that he currently has. We're going to call him James. And James basically sent me an email briefly describing how he has had trouble with past exes as well as current partner regarding his need to know about their past. He asks some questions and then when he when they tell him about their past and how many people they might have been intimate with, who they might have been intimate with, he becomes extremely insecure and jealous. This eventually results in him distrusting his partner and of course, as you can expect, it'll continuously make a decline uh, in the relationship, which results in a breakup. He was very honest and very well aware, which is wonderful, that he does compare himself to past partners. He asks his partners to tell him about their partners, their boyfriends, and he compares himself with him. I hope you're kind of getting what I'm trying to say here. Again, James is very introspective, very sharp and accountable for what he's doing. He's well aware. He's discovered that he keeps building a relationship and it slips away, if that's the best way to put it. He understands, it seems like, that he is sabotaging to some extent the relationship that he's trying to build. He says he's currently in a relationship and he is also engaging in the same pattern of asking the girlfriend about her past and he becomes insecure and he's starting to have these thoughts and he wants to stop this pattern or this cycle. Well, that's wonderful, James. I think that's great for you to ask, how do we do that? And specifically his question that he wants me to answer is, give me one second, let me pull it out there. Okay, here we go. His specific question is, he asks, what's something that you can suggest or anything helps at this point? Because he really genuinely um, likes the current girlfriend that he's with, and he's scared that his actions might push her away. I think that's wonderful that he wants to make sure that he doesn't complete this cycle as he's done before. And identifying this pattern and taking accountability for it is the first step. And congratulations, James, you've done this. Wonderful. Now, let's take a look at how does this thing about comparing oneself to other people come about? Well, of course, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the past. This starts somewhere during childhood. I find that people that compare themselves in adulthood to other adults, this pattern, this reality that they have accepted 
into their life usually starts forming in childhood, perhaps by parents being either critical of them, comparing them to others, comparing their achievements to others. Parents may have had this attitude that nothing is ever good enough towards this child, which in this case, it would be James. Um, but this would have built an insecurity for James growing up, perhaps, which could have also included him being compared to his siblings. Usually, I find people that have been compared to his, to their siblings also have this inferiority complex, is another way to say that. They perceive themselves inferior when around people or when, in, when compared to people. You know, it's an old wound. This one takes years in the making, which is, of course, not a surprise to anybody listening to this and has heard me for a while. All this reality is formed early on. These conditions that we place, these rules that we place on ourselves and that we reinforce for years have been established early on as a way to live in our world. Now, the child living in this world would start to preserve themselves, you know, to gain love, to gain security, to gain affection from the parent. They would have to adjust themselves, adapt to the rules of that family, of those adults. And if they are being compared to other children, they will use those same uh, habits on themselves. They will start judging themselves early on and really criticizing themselves to prepare for the parents' criticism. So they will judge themselves and criticize themselves to prepare for whatever the parent might judge them on or criticize them on. And to self-preserve, the child will continue with this habit and often will perceive that no matter what he does, he's never enough. Of course, this measuring tool of being enough or not being enough is going to be based off of superficial things, right? So it's going to be based off achievements, perhaps height, look, um, money. It's going to be superficial stuff that could be measurable. It's not based on our value as a human being and the depth that that requires. Not usually. This is not the case for this person. So this person will continue this self-preserving habit to compare himself to other people in different situations, uh, whether it's to siblings, other family members, whatever the case is, as a way to avoid being criticized by his parents. And later on, it'll just become a nasty habit because it's a wound that has not healed. So the wound that we have not healed is really a reality that we've accepted because we inherited it. We had to survive it. So basically that habit is a self-preserving way that we've learned to survive. You don't need it today. You might have needed it back then. But I promise you, James, you don't need it today. Today, what I need you to look at is your value with more depth, that you are a unique human being as you are, and that there's no comparison 
ever possible between one human being and another because we are all so unique and what we have to offer in this world is that way. Unfortunately, that was not conditioned in you early on. So you have to really do this work yourself. When we self-sabotage in current relationships, we don't mean to hurt the other person. A lot of the times, we don't want to be hurt. Of course, we've been avoiding pain for so long. So what we do is we race the partner all the way to the end accidentally. And what I mean by that is we try to initiate some sort of fight, some sort of conflict as a way to figure out when this person's going to leave us. Because obviously, if I can't, if I grew up in this type of mentality, I often perceive myself inferior. So people were going to, are somehow going to find out that I'm inferior and leave me. So in order for me to avoid this pain of abandonment, I'm going to race them to it. My self-preserving habits will start to form up when I start to want to be intimate with someone, when I start to care about someone. Then I will start asking these questions that will eventually sabotage me. Because now I care about this person and it makes me want to run. It makes me want to control because when I love somebody, I can't control whether the person's going to stay or leave. And that makes me antsy. It makes me scared. It makes me afraid of pain. And I don't blame people for thinking that. But unfortunately, this results in my sabotaging. So in another way to say that, that the way I sabotage and why I sabotage in this relationship is really about protecting myself by having to leave this person and control when I leave versus them leaving me without my control. So subconsciously, I'm not thinking this is self-sabotage. I think that I'm really protecting myself from pain. So I got to teach myself consciously about my subconscious part of my functioning that it's acting out on old wounds, things that need to be resolved, things that need to be mended in order for me to continue to build intimacy, security in a relationship and to face my fears so I don't sabotage. So consciously, I got to become aware. I got to integrate this behavior that I've got into my conscious awareness. So now I have control of it. So when I'm about to ask a question, for example, to my partner, which I know I've I've asked before, I know exactly what I'm about to do. If I asked her about her previous partners, I want to make sure that I'm very careful. If I can't handle it, and I know I'm going to sabotage with this, and it's going to start a path of self-destruction and a break in the trust between two people, then I'm going to stop this. I'm going to stop myself from sabotaging this. In truth, I am not to be compared with anybody. And she does not have to pay for the wounds I have suffered growing up. I'm the one who's needing to heal this baggage. She does not need, which she refers to the partner of James, does not need to pay up for this. And in reality, this is for everybody. We've all been there. Everybody that carries around baggage from the past and 
lets it dispense into current functioning of the relationship that you have. If that's the case, people today do not deserve it. And we want to eliminate any need for self-sabotage as a way of protection, which is really what it's about. Self-sabotage isn't necessarily made to harm a person. In all reality, self-sabotage is actually made to protect you from something. But look, it doesn't need it today. And that's why our conscious awareness of what your brain is trying to do needs to be present. We need to be able to see what we're about to ask. Fast forward in our mind of what it could result in and start protecting myself in a healthy way by not asking the question. By understanding that she is allowed to her past and so are you and that's okay. I have to start healing on the inside my relationship with myself, meaning my self-talk has got to sound much better. And that when I start seeing myself comparing myself to other people, I need to recognize that that's an old habit that I learned, not that it's the truth, not that anybody can be compared to another human being. Rather, it's just something I've learned and I accepted for so long as reality, but it's not. It is not. And you, James, can control what you accept as reality. That's the benefit of having free will. We can control that. Or we can continue to self-preserve in a toxic way, which results in you not meeting your emotional needs as well as the partner eventually leaving, which is not what you want. So looking at it dead in the eye, facing our fears, realizing that we're allowed to carry the baggage, but we're allowed to also know how it plays out in our current responses, in our current life, and protect people from it. Because that's what love is about. Hurt people hurt people. And if I know I've been through pain and through suffering, through rejection, lack of nurture, neglect, lack of love, lack of acceptance, if I know I've gone through all that, then I'm going to have little habits that have formed that may not be healthy to survive whatever I had to go through, that today I don't need, I may not need, because they interfere with what I'm trying to build for myself and build with another person. We're allowed to carry the baggage, but you're also allowed to heal it. This starts with understanding that whatever the inner child, whatever the child self had to deal with, growing up, they needed to prepare themselves for the worst. They needed to protect themselves by comparing themselves to other people. But today, this adult needs to help the child heal and let them know that they don't need to do that anymore, that they are safe, and that they are, in fact, in control without having to race their partner to the finish line. They are in control. And when things don't work out, then they are in control of doing the next thing that they need to do in that relationship. But they don't need to find fault in it to make sure that this relationship doesn't last so they can avoid the pain. Do you see what I'm saying? 
it's really important that we take a look at our past. We all got it. We all got it. And James, thank you so much for having the courage to take accountability for it. Because man, oh man, oh man, you are set for the biggest relief of your life when you start setting yourself free from having to ever compare yourself to any other any other human being. You are valuable and you've always been without comparison to anybody. And unfortunately, whatever you've learned was incorrect. Whatever you've had to accept to survive was not truth that we know deep down inside that we are valuable without any comparison to anything else. We are unique. But you understand that truth when you start practicing the self-talk that resembles self-acceptance, self-love. When you make sure that you're no longer judging yourself, you're no longer shaming yourself, telling yourself you're less than in any social situation, I want you to know that you're born of value and that does not deteriorate. It is not to be compared with another's value. We are all valuable, all of us. And that is the truth. We know that deep down inside, we know that. We know that. And unfortunately, we have parents that come with baggage. And whatever baggage they did not resolve will be transferred on to us as children. And that's okay. Our job as adults is to make sure that inner child is healing from those old wounds. That's our job. That's the awakening we're looking for. And once we do that, we are recreating our own reality the way we want it. And if we live today and if we want to live in a reality that sees all humans as valuable to include me first and foremost, then it is your world. It is your reality, James. Create it. So I hope this was helpful to you, James. And I hope who's ever going through this, boy, oh boy, have I gone through this myself so I can relate. I can relate to every story, <laughs> to be honest. You know, please be compassionate to yourself. Give yourself what you were not given by people before you that didn't know better. But please give it to yourself. Don't starve yourself of self-love and self-acceptance merely because it's a habit. And that's what our past is. That's what we've learned. It's just habits, programming. Some of it useful. Some of it may not be. And you today get to determine that. You're the only one that gets to determine that in your life today. So please don't live another minute without that freedom. Give it to yourself. You deserve it. You deserve it. And the people that you love and that you're trying to make a life with, they deserve that too. Oh, we love you, James. We're sending you all the positive energy your way to heal. And you are not alone. We're all with you healing. Yeah, I hope this was helpful to you on your journey. And if anybody has any topic, please send it my way. I'll be more than glad to help you through it. And I see myself in each and every one of you. I'm not in any way uh, different. So I can relate to every every single thought process anybody's got. I probably thought it five times over. So yeah, please don't feel shy about 
sending them my way. More than likely, whatever you send will help so many other people realize that their habits are not that unusual and they will look at it in a way where I can change it, you know? And that's good. That's what we want. We want people to transform, to awaken and to start taking accountability for their own healing because that's what you're built to do, my friends. I'm not telling you anything you don't already know. Thank you again so much for joining me tonight. I'm sending you love and light. And remember, there are two outcomes to suffering, bitterness or creative transformation. This has been an episode of Drive Through.